I want to get right into what I want to talk about today. Uh, because my goal today, I guess my goal every time, every time I do an episode, it's always my goal to be helpful. Always my goal to be, you know, a blessing. Always my goal to help you do love and life better. But today, you know, so the, the name of this podcast is Mastering Love and Life. Today I got a life lesson. Now today, this 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 episode is primarily for men. It's primarily for men. I got a message for men. Uh, it's not that women cannot, it's not that women can't use and apply what I'm going to what I'm going to articulate or share today. But I'm specifically talking to men. And I believe that if men would hear the message, uh, it would make the lives of women and children, but it, it would make the lives of, of women and children better. Yeah, it, it, we men, man, the way we raise boys in this country, and I say in this country because I haven't visited anywhere else and I honestly haven't done research on other places, but I would presume that this is, this is not the only country where we raise boys the way we do, but God created us for connection. But we are raised for disconnection, right? The, the way we raise boys in this country, we, we raise them to be ineffective in relationships, to, to put it mildly, ineffective, right? By the time boys are five, the equipment, the emotional equipment that they need to be a productive human being, let alone a husband, is stolen, right? It's stolen by the time we're five. Uh, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about raising boys. I'm not going to talk about, you know, children. And I'm going to talk to the men. I have some real life advice for you today that if you grab hold to it, I believe it will, uh, I believe it'll help you. Okay. Uh, I believe it'll help you. Every man who wants to do something with their life, I believe with every fiber of my being, you need a father or a coach. You need a father or a coach. If, you know, if, if you're going to do anything productive in this life, you need another man speaking into your life. That's what I believe. Now, I, I don't know exactly. Um, I don't know the order of these thoughts that I have in my head going to come out because I didn't write anything down. And I don't say that to, I was thinking about that. You know, when you say you don't write things down, why are you saying that? Just because I, I talk and I I just share what's on my mind and I overshare. And, and when someone hear that, you may think I'm saying that to, I don't know, for some other, I don't know why people would think, but I'm just saying, anyway, why am I on that? <laughs> Let's get on with the lesson. So, um, here's the first thing I want to do. I want to, I want to, I want to highlight this story in 
uh, I believe it's in Luke. Because this story, it, 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 it not reminds me. I understand the, um, how, how John the Baptist, John the Baptizer felt in this story. Uh, and I, I can't remember where it was. I should have at least looked that part up, so forgive me. But there's a story in Luke where uh, John is in prison. I remember John. John got arrested and was in prison because he was uh, basically calling out Herod's sin and evilness. So he's in prison. And back up, so early on, first of all, you know John was Jesus' cousin, right? So early on, when you read the Gospel of John, which is not John the baptizer, right? That's the disciple John that wrote the Gospel of John. But in the Gospel of John, he talks about how when John the baptizer saw Jesus coming, he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John said that out of his own mouth. Nobody asked him that, right? He, ju- he just knew, hey, there goes the Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of the world. That's when John was free, doing life, doing what he was called to do, which was prepare the way for the Savior. That's what John was doing. And he saw the Savior and he said, hey, but look, there, there he is, right? Fast forward, John is in prison. John's life is not going so well. For me, let me just tell you, <laughs> to be in prison, that's to me, that's the worst thing next to death. As a matter of fact, death would be better because I would be with my Savior. So in my opinion, John is in the worst place in life he could possibly be. He's in prison. And so while John is going through this difficult time, he does what most of us Christians do. He starts to question what he believed or what he thought he believed because early on in his life, he declared there's the Lamb of God. But now that he's in prison, John sends his disciples to Jesus to ask him, are you the Messiah or should we keep looking for another? And I always wondered, why, why did John send that message? Because the Bible doesn't tell us. But it's not hard to put two and two together and see that when John was living life in his mind on purpose and doing what God called him to do, and he was thriving and all those folks coming out to the river to be baptized, and he's preaching and doing what he does, He was secure in his beliefs. But then when life happened, when when things got difficult, when, when, when life got dark, he began to question in one season what he previously was sure of in another season. I was thinking about that as I was uh, thinking about this particular episode. I'm like, man, that's where I am. And that from there was was the jump off, so to speak, to where I said, you know, I need to speak to men uh, to to share to share some things. Um, that's that's where I find myself today, in a place where 
in one season, full of faith, walking, you know, walking by faith and trusting God and everything is great. And then in this season, every now and then I question, not if, not if God is God, like that's been settled for me. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever question that. But the question becomes, have I messed up too bad? Have I gone too, have I gone outside of God's will too many times that now, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of letting things do what they do as a consequence of my choices. And, you know, has, is, has God said, you know what, I've blessed you enough. Your lot in the rest of life is to be right where you are. I don't know. Right. But, but what I want to do today is today is encourage you. Now, let me say, I know, <laughs> I know it is uh, not typical that people will um, share the things that I'm sharing or the things that I'm going to share while they're still going through it. That's not typical. So, you know, usually people will write a book after they've gone through what they've gone through and they tell you about it and how they made it through. Um, and so, you know, well, why Clifton, why are you doing it this way? Cause I'm me. I, that's all I got. When I was getting out the shower and I was thinking about this, I'm like, yeah, but people, you know, people don't share when they're going through the storm. They usually tell you how they made it over. Why are you doing this? This is what I'm saying to myself. And I said, because I'm me and I've always been me. And I, number one, I love teaching. I love helping and I love sharing. And that's just what I do. I can only... There can only be one me. There's only one me, right? No, I wasn't always listening to gospel music all the time. That was, matter of fact, if you don't know what it was, great. I ain't even got to tell you. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, but, but, so I'm sharing with you while I'm still in the midst of the song. So there's another story that just came to my head that also resonates with me. There's a, a parable that Jesus told one time where uh, there was a, a, a rich man named Lazarus. No, no, it was a poor man named Lazarus. A rich man and a poor man named Lazarus died on the same night. One went to the bosom of Abraham, one went to hell, right? I can relate to the rich man in hell saying, not that I've lived like that, right? That's not the point I can relate, part I can relate to. But I can relate to his desire to go back and tell his brothers, hey, can I go back and warn my brothers? Because they're worse than me. And I need to let them know they don't want to come to this place. Right? And that's a burden that I have. I'm confused. I was telling my wife this the other day. I'm confused as to why more fathers, not my generation, but the fathers before me, like my dad and those dads in that era, I'm confused as to how they didn't get this burden that I have because my life has gone a certain way and I've made certain, mis I've made certain mistakes, right? One of my greatest desires is to tell my children, hey, don't go this way. Like one of my biggest, one of my biggest, uh, it's not a frustration, but one of my biggest, I don't know what you call it. One of my biggest um, areas of discomfort, one of the things that bothers me the most, there we go, is the fact that my children, especially my boys, 
they hear me, but they don't really hear me. They don't understand that they were raised by me. Well, they understand they were raised by me, but they don't know what that means, right? They don't know that they were raised by a broken man. They don't know that they were raised by an immature man. They don't know that they were raised by a man trying to live for God, but really didn't walk that out. They don't understand that to get to the place they want to get to with the money and the millions and whatever, they don't understand that the dad that raised them did not put into them what they need to get there. And now that I'm trying to put it into them now, they won't receive it because they don't believe it. And I understand because it's, 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 it's radically different. You need a completely different mindset than how I raised them. Now, I was a good father. I did what I knew how to do, just like all fathers. But it is confusing to me how I thought how a father, as he gets older, doesn't then develop a burden to help his children avoid some of the life pitfalls that he has. Confusing to me. But anyway, uh, I, I, I just started that story of Lazarus and the rich man. <clears throat> so it is my contention that every man needs a father or a coach, right? Every man needs a father or a coach. This may not have been true throughout human history. Well, actually, that's not true. That, that ain't, that's not true. That it has been true throughout human history. But anyway, I'll get there. So I believe every man needs a, needs a father or a coach, right? Um, because where my life is today, I was, I was talking to my wife this weekend and I was like, man, um, babe, I don't think you understand how unbelievable my life is to me. Like, there's no, I never would have thought my life would look like it looks at 51. Now, don't get it twisted so, so, so we can understand each other from the jump. This is not about to be a pity party, okay? There's, I, that's not, I don't do that. And if I did, I sure wouldn't do it publicly, right? This is not about to be a pity party, Um. That ain't that ain't what this is, and don't don't get it twisted on this. I am truly blessed. I one thousand percent recognize God's blessing on my life. I'm man. It, 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 I'm not where I should be. I may not be where I want to be, but I sure ain't where I should be either. Based on my own decisions and interactions and lack of faith, like no no no. I'm blessed. And so I'm not, this is, this is not, this is not a pity party, right? But this is reality though. Okay. This is reality. Now for the, for the majority of my life, I dare say all of my life, I've had to make choices and decisions on my own. Now I'm speaking from a 51 year old mind and I'm thinking back. So I cannot you know, say that this is 100% accurate because I'm a human being. And I know we record memories imperfect. We do everything imperfectly, including record memories, right? 
And so I can't say without a shadow of a doubt this is true, but what I can say, there is no memory that I can pull up of my mother or father teaching me anything about how to do life on this planet. Everything that I've learned, I've pretty much learned it on my own, most of it through trial and error. But a lot of it within these last two years, which is way too long to have to wait to learn how to do some of the things that I'm learning. And it is costing me severely. When I say severely, trust and believe, I did not randomly choose that word. It's severe. Oh, it's if, if, and I know it's all relative, but you know, I'm not saying that. I, I definitely don't have the worst life in the world. So that's not the picture I'm painting, right? And don't, I'm not painting that picture. But I am saying, if I could lay out my life, if I could be completely transparent, or let me say, I know I could be. If I would be 100% transparent, you would probably look at me and say, how in the world are you still standing? God. <laughs> that, that would be the answer, God. But when I look at my life today, I had to pause to make sure I wanted to share this. When I look at my life today, there's not an area, at least not that I can think of right now, that I can think of right now. There's not an area. Let me say a major area. There's not an area that I can think of that I have not messed up. I cannot think of one. So just pick whatever you want. Business, relationships, uh, marriage. Uh, I'm coming back to marriage. Um, raising my children, trusting God. Um, just making wise decisions. All of these areas I have fumbled majorly, like you know, major fumbles. Now, when it comes to marriage, I was thinking about this this morning. M marriage, or should I say relationships? No, no, as a matter, no, let's go with marriage. Don't say relationships because there's a whole friend area over here where I still have not, I have not, I have not mastered that. But when it comes to marriage and intimate relationships, that part at least, I've, 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 when I say figured it, I've figured it out. But when I say figured it out, I don't mean I've, I've, like I'm perfect at it. That ain't, that's not going to happen on this planet. But in the area of marriage and intimate relationships, I've at least grown to the place to where I'm, like, I know how to do that. Like, I, that part I know how to do. And perhaps that's because, you know, that's connected to the calling that God has placed on my life to do that. But I know how to do that part. But everything else, and 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 the thing is, well, it took me three, <laughs> it took me three marriages to get that right. Right, this is my third marriage. And finally, and you know why the finally is here? Because I finally decided to do marriage God's way. Unfortunately, 
and I did not know this, I wasn't doing most everything else God's way because I thought I was. But see, when you are guiding yourself, if you are the trailblazer, you don't know if you're going the right way until you get to where you're going. You say, oh, I don't, I don't think this is the right way. Like we, this quicksand, we got to go back. This, this, this is not going to work, right? So uh, being your own guide, your own leader, right? Uh, everybody want to claim to be a self-made man. That's a lie. You, 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 there's no such thing as a self-made man, right? Uh, if, if like I've been, I've been self-making for 51 years and I got one area, (laughs) I would say two now because, uh, I trust God today. Like, yeah, I like, I, I, I trust God even in the midst of my storm, even in the midst of whatever I trust God, but like 51 years, I've been making myself, and I, it, I, it's one area that I've gotten, gotten down to where I can thrive in, right? And so when I look back at my life and I think about everything that's culminated into this moment right here and the current storm that I'm in, that is very, very, very overwhelming. Where I am right now, it's very overwhelming, right? It's, it's, um, it's unbelievable to me. I, I just, I cannot believe my life looks like it looks. I never would have thought that. But when I look at my choices and my decisions, I understand completely why I am where I am. Because I've told you, it's, if, it's, if it's true for you, it's true for me. Your life looks the way it looks because of your choices. You have the life you chose, period, point blank. Everybody, you have the life that you chose. So whatever of it, whatever about your life you don't like or whatever, you chose it. And so what I want, what I'm, what I want to do in this episode is to encourage you to choose to listen to your father. If you don't have a father, you need a coach because as men, we cannot do life just based on what we feel like doing and what seems right. And you don't look, there's some things you can figure out, but there are some things you need guidance on. You may still have to figure it out, but you at least need direction to get on the right road. You feel me? Like you need to get on the right road. Um, why, 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 why do I say you need, you, need, you need a father or a coach? Well, so a father or a coach will help you make wiser decisions. Now, when I say a father, obviously I'm talking about a father who knows some things. Like you need a wise father. Maybe I should have put that adjective on it, but but you need somebody speaking into your life that can help you do the things of God, understand the things of God, and just make better choices. 
God told us in the beginning, it is not good for man to be alone. Right? That just that wasn't just for Adam, that's for the human being. And when you try to do your life by yourself the way I've done, you will, I promise, suffer. You will suffer without question. There's no way around it. Because here's the thing. Like, yeah, God not going to speak to you like he did Moses. Right? The Bible says that God spoke to Moses face to face. And Moses still had relationships now. Right? But God spoke to Moses face to face. So, like, throughout my life, if God had been speaking to me like that, then, I mean, I'd probably be, I would be somewhere else. But God created us for relationships, and uh, I'm not blaming anybody. Like, I'm not even blaming, blaming my dad because what my dad didn't do, there are hundreds of thousands, millions, actually, of other men on the planet that I could have connected with to speak into my life. And, you know, I'm not going, that's a whole different topic and story. But the point is, you need somebody to help you be who you're trying to be. By the way, uh, when I say you need a father or a coach, I'm talking about a coach. Uh, that's not a plug for me. I, I, I didn't know that uh, you needed a coach in life until like recent, like in the last like 18 months or so. I used to think that, you know, having a coach was optional. I really did having a coach. And now I'm using the word coach. You can put it, you, you can pastor, coach, mentor, father, somebody older than you or someone, because they don't have to be older than you necessarily, but you need someone wiser than you in the area or areas that you struggle that can speak into your life because we get in our own way, right? You have fear, you have doubt, you have concerns, and sometimes you need someone on the outside of you to speak into your life, to overcome those things. But when you're trying to speak into your own life while at the same time battling fears and concerns and doubts, man, that's that's not easy. And some of you probably have lived that or are still living it. I want to encourage you, do all you can to get you a coach to help you uh, do life better. Another thing, you know, I say a father or a coach, but Sometimes a best friend will work, right? You need somebody. That's, that's the point. Men, you need somebody, right? Don't be so stubborn and uh, closed off that you won't ask for help. But to be honest, asking for help as a man is its own vice, its own burden, its own problem. Because, again, most men or not emotionally mature enough to ask another man for help. And then most men are not mature enough to, even though we're living the same experience, mature enough to receive a brother asking for help without judging them. And if that's not true, watch this, then that is what I just expressed is the mindset of a man, even though it ain't true. Either way, my dad said, we, we get shot in a trick bag, <laughs> you know. So uh, I, want you to, I want you to get, 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 get you somebody that, you, that can speak into your life, 
that can help you make better choices, better decisions. Now, uh, having a coach or a father is not going to prevent you from going through storms. That I'm not saying that. That's Jesus said, in this life you will, not might, not probably. You will have tribulations, period, point blank. Like on this planet, that's going to happen. But the thing, one of the things that I, I, I never fully grasped Honestly, I don't, I don't think before the last 18 months I even really thought about it much. But the, 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 the concept of preparation. I remember when I, when I uh, got called to preach, Pastor D.Z. Cofield said, the call to preach is the call to preparation. I heard him, but I didn't hear him. Right? I heard what he said, but I did not apply what he said. And so... Uh, here I am now. I was back in what, 2007 or 8, 9, 10, I think 2010. So here I am. Uh, what is this, 23, 13 years later, realizing, Doc, you got you to gotta, you gotta embrace preparation. Here's the reason why, let me say this. The reason why, for me, my life is so unbelievable because I feel like I'm a fairly intelligent guy fairly intelligent. But when I look at my life as some of the, some of the major choices that I've made to get me to where I am in hindsight, I wish I could say it the way I want to say it. I think I am. They look dumb as hell. Like, bruh, what the blankety blank were you thinking? That's how I look. That's how I look at some of my choices for real. I'm like, Bro, what, what were you thinking? And that's the thing. Look, I, I haven't, I have not been out in the streets trying to run women. I haven't been in the streets, uh, you know, selling drugs. I haven't been, I haven't been, you know, running Ponzi schemes. I haven't been like stealing and you know doing crime. I haven't, uh, I haven't been like hooked on drugs. And my point is. I haven't lived like a a life of obviously terrible choices. I've been in the church all my life. I've been, quote unquote, a good guy all of my life. And yet and still, the choices that I've made, it's like, man, how you make those choices? Because I had no direction. No direction. And what I believe as intelligent as I am and as much as I want to be better, successful and all of that for me to still end up here. I had to come on here and warn you guys, you need somebody to help you be great. Uh, that's like, I don't, I don't, I don't say that lightly and I don't say it. I mean, it's, I can't command you, right? I'm not God. But it is a very, 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 very strong suggestion. You need somebody. Listen. Uh, Elisha had Elijah. Right? Samuel had Eli. Remember the prophet Eli? Samuel, Samuel was mentored by Eli. Timothy had Paul. 
Michael Jordan, the greatest player to ever play in the NBA. Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson. Before Phil Jackson showed up, Michael Jordan hadn't won any championships. Right? Michael Jordan needed Phil Jackson to get to the next level. Even Jesus. You say, Jesus had a coach? Yeah, Jesus had a coach on the Father. Even Jesus had the Father. Jesus said, I only do what my Father tells me to do. I only do what pleases my Father. Like he said, I'm not even here for me. I don't follow my own directions. I follow his directions. You need somebody in your life who is wise and godly that can speak into your life when life is happening. Or as, as I heard one preacher say, when life is lifing, you need somebody. Because not only do you need somebody for direction, you need somebody to come see about you. Uh, I, so my, my, my pastor, he texts me. And he he's checking on me. And, uh, you know, I told him, I'm like, you know, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm still going through whatever. I'm still in this little storm, and it's it's pretty overwhelming. And he said something to me that actually I had never heard before, but it was really, really powerful. Right? He said, um, you know, reading your text, it reminds me of, of the word anointing. And he said, Olive oil is used for anointing, like to represent anointing, to, to anoint people. But in order to get the oil from the olive, the olive has to be crushed or pressed. And then he said, may you see God's pressing as a precursor to tomorrow's anointing. Man, that was encouraging. After getting that text, like I didn't even hear his voice. It was just through a text I was encouraged. That's how powerful and important other people are in your life. Right? That was that was that helped me not be in the sunken place. And nothing in my life has changed, but I got a word from another human being that encouraged me. God designed us to operate that way. And so you need a father or a coach, but you also need just good people in your life, right? You, you need people around you. You need, a, you need a network of friends. When I say network, don't think that I'm talking about 20, 30 folk. It can be one or two people, but you need a network of friends that I believe. It's always been my desire to have a friendship like Jonathan and David. And uh, I believe me and my wife, you know, may have that, but, but, with a man, the Bible says that Jonathan loved David as himself, right? And I hope, I hope, that, I hope that I'm not rambling and I hope that I'm making sense. Uh, that's, that is one of my challenges when I don't have notes. Uh, <laughs> it can kind of, you know, so I hope I'm not rambling. I hope I'm making sense and I hope I'm going in a straight line, right? Uh, but the main message I, I'm trying to, the main message is, you need a father or a coach. Everything else, I'm just trying to add to that to support that message to you. Find you somebody that can help you do what you cannot do. Yeah, find you somebody. Um, I want to, so you've heard me say this before. My life today is 
is is uh so I am what I what I call a but now Christian. Right? A but now Christian. Psalm 119:67 David said, "Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word." And listen. I may not have had much direction throughout my life. And I've learned a lot of my lessons the hard way, in a way that I did not have to learn them. But now, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. I am (laughs) a but now Christian, right? And the thing that I want to encourage you with today, so I'm going to coach you a little bit because you need a coach, right? So I'm going to give you a little bit in case you are going through a storm, right? This is the other part that I want to do. Let me encourage you. Like Pastor encouraged me, about the olive and being pressed and then the anointing coming out of that, let me encourage you. Because you may be going through a storm. You may be listening to me as a coach and getting direction from me. So my thing in telling you, you need a coach, right? But also, let me tell you why, because I'm going to encourage you. So one of the things that I always use to encourage other people when they're going through difficult times, I had to read it today for myself. And it's, it's in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 18, right? I'm going to read this to you. This is powerful to me. And it's encouraging, kind of. I mean, it's encouraging, but it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not necessarily a feel good. <laughs> it's not necessarily a feel-good message, but it is encouraging. Here's what it says. It's Jeremiah 18. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Here's the message. Sometimes when you're going through difficult times, it may be a consequence of your choices, right? Even sometimes when it's the enemy, God will use it, right? God will use it. But sometimes it's just God himself redoing what he formed you to do in the first place and you're not turning out the way, like, I created you to do this and you're doing that. Come here, let me reshape you again, right? And so sometimes the pressure that you feel is coming from God. Sometimes the crushing that you feel, it's coming from God, but it's not for the purpose of destroying you. How many know that if God wanted to destroy you, you'd be destroyed? Like, God is not clueless on how to kill folk. He's not clueless on how to destroy people. He's not clueless on how to, like, turn your life upside down. Right? Ask Nebuchadnezzar. Right? That brother turned into a whole beast for a season, for taking, for trying to claim God's glory. 
so so God knows how to destroy you. His crushing is not for the purpose of destroying you. It's for the purpose of Romans 8, 28. Or is it 29? 28 says, all things work together for the good. But then 29 says, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. That conforming is the crushing. Why? So that you can then be made in his son's image. So you can be made in son's image. So here's what I'm, if you're going through, I'm encouraging you with this. The difficulty you're going through uh, in Job, uh, I think I think Job Job was talking. You know, if you don't know the story of Job, I encourage you to look it up. It's really interesting. But Job going through what he was going through, he was like, "Man, I go to the corner store, I I can't find Jesus." Right? I look in my closet, my prayer closet, he's not in there. Everywhere I look, I look to the east, I look to the west, no Jesus, no God. Nobody. I'm by myself. But then here's what Job says. But he knows the way that I take. Like he knows where I am. I might not can see him, but he can see me. I may not know where he is, but he knows where I am. Right. If you need another example, there's a a story in in the New Testament. After Jesus fed the 5000 and sent them away, he went off to pray, told the disciples, get in the boat. And get go to the other side. I'm gonna meet you over there. You know, I would have been thinking, well, if we take the boat, how you gonna meet us? You gonna get another boat? I don't know. Anyway, so the Bible says that Jesus was a ways away, and he saw the disciples straining at the oars because they was in a storm. He saw them straining at the oars, trying to. I guess I don't know if it was a rowboat or whatever, but they were straining against the wind. He saw them. They couldn't see him because all they could see was the storm. But he saw them. And the Bible says that he came walking on the water to them. What I'm trying to tell you is even when you are in a storm, when you're going through a difficult time, you may not can see or feel God, but he sees you and he knows how to get to you. And if his if his if his uh, agenda was to destroy you you'd be dead. But him destroying you don't line up with the rest of the Bible where it talks about how much he loves you, right? In this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good courage, I've overcome the world. So while you're going through this difficult time, I'm encourage you and encourage me. Can I do that? Can I encourage both of us? While you're going through this difficult time, remember what you've heard. Don't worry about anything. What's outside of anything? Nothing. But instead, I got something else for you to do. Pray about everything. What's out of it? What's out of what's outside of everything? Nothing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Watch this. Ask God for what you need, but thank him for what he's already done. Then you will experience. God's peace that surpasses all understanding. Why does God's peace show up? Here's what I believe. The reason that when you do these steps that Paul has just laid out, don't worry, but pray. And when you pray, give him thanksgiving, tell him what you need, and give him thanksgiving. 
Because when you start thanking God for what he has done, in your mind, your God begins to become magnified, meaning he gets bigger and bigger. The more you think about what God has done, the more encouraged you become, the bigger God becomes. The bigger God becomes in your mind, the smaller your issue becomes. Once God is so big in your mind, there's a peace that comes over you. Why? Because you understand that no matter what happens, my God is on my side. And there's nothing that can overcome me unless God allows it. And if God allows it, then he has a reason because I'm convinced of what his word says, that he loves me and he will never leave me. I know y'all probably didn't think, uh, well, maybe you did come here for preaching because, you know, whether you did or you didn't, I hope this encourages you because life is life and it happens to everybody. Right? Life is life and it happens to everybody. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how long this storm that I'm in, how long it's going to last. And that's not encouraging. I don't know how long it's going to last. But what is encouraging is I know this is not the end, right? And so I'm not worried about being destroyed. That, that's not my concern. My concern is how long is it going to rain? <laughs> like when is it going to stop raining and, and thundering and lightning? Like when the wind going to stop blowing? But I don't have any doubts about where God is going to take me in the future. Because I know, I believe what it says, that he would never leave me nor forsake me. And the same is true for you. But in the meantime and in between time, while you're on the planet, while you're in the storm, if you have a coach, great. If you have a father that can speak into your life, great. And why do I say, why did I say that this was specifically for men? Because, uh, some folk won't like this, but when I read scripture, it's the male man, the male version of humans, the man that God has placed in headship and authority. And if the men don't have direction, well, who the women and children going to follow, right? Who, who's going to lead them? Who's going to protect them? Who's going to take care of them? See, when we think of protection as men, those of you who are raised by fathers, uh, and, and, you know, overly masculine, a lot of times, like, so we're, we're called to protect women, we think physically only. So I need to be a brute, right? And that's cool, but there's a whole lot of other ways you need to protect women financially, right? You need to be able to take care of your wife and your children. Here, So let me just give you the smaller insight on how crazy... My thinking was, but it was mine. I needed, I, listen, I needed somebody to come say, hey, I don't think you thought about that well. The truth is I hadn't thought about it at all, but check this out. I'm not the kind of brother, and I never have, I'm not now, and I never have been, the kind of guy that would want to, or, or yeah, would want to depend on my wife, to take care of the family financially. I'm, I'm talking strictly financially, right? I'm just this one area. 
I'm not, I've never been that guy. In my previous marriage, my, my, my ex-wife made, um, I want to say almost five, six, seven times more money than me. But like she made a lot more money than me. It didn't bother me because, you know, I'm, I've, I've never been the kind of man to say, you know, I need to be the man to make the most money. The point that I'm making is I've never been, I've never been the kind of man that said my wife has to work. And like my wife has to like, you know, it's 50-50. You have to do your part. That's never been my mindset. But at the same time, I've never had a plan on how to take care of a whole family by myself. To me, that's crazy. And I don't mean crazy like, like, so maybe I shouldn't have said crazy. That's, it's just ignorance. Like I just didn't. So on one hand, my mindset is if my wife don't want to work, all the way back in my 20s, I thought this. Like when I get married, if my wife don't want to work, then I want to make enough money where she don't have to work. But I never, ever developed any kind of plan to bring that to pass. And so when I get here in the marriage where I'm finally walking in God's way, I'm finally in love, I'm finally like, you know, I'm, I'm finally doing marriage well. And that lack of plan is overwhelming me. It's that's just an example of if I had had a coach or a father or somebody to say, hey man, like when I was in my 30s, listen, this is what you need to do with money. Okay. This is how you run a business. This is how you invest. Uh, this is how you do this, do that, whatever. Right? I had to learn all that on my own, and I learned it well after. 48. Somebody lift your hands and say, that's too doggone long. Right? That's, that's, that's too long. <laughs> right? So, uh, anyway, man, this has been a whole hour. I wasn't trying, I wasn't intending to talk to y'all this long on this, but I guess that's what happened was when I, when I don't have notes, but I hope you got the message, man, because I want you to know you cannot do life by yourself it's you need somebody you need a you need someone you need another man and here's the crazy thing um uh, at least since my 30s i've had this belief that men don't become men just because we get older you need another man to teach you how to be a man i real i realized that when i was around 31 32 but from there I still was not able to make the jump from there to I need a lifelong, uh, I need somebody, I need guidance, right? And then now I'm in a space where everybody wants you to pay five figures for, you, for them to guide you. And, and, and why is that my reality? Because I did not run the friendship side of my life well. And so now I show up to 51 alone i'm telling you if i laid it out on paper you would be like dang bro how you make all how your life get like this um 
this book called Outwitting the Devil. It says, uh, Outwitting the Devil, it would call How I've Gotten Here, Drifting. Had no idea I was drifting. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now, I keep your word. I hope this was encouraging for you. Listen, find you somebody that can speak into your life and help you make better choices because you are not as smart as you think you are. You're not as wise as you think you are. You're not as deep as you think you are. Again, Jesus had a coach. <laughs> now, I hope that don't get as much fire as uh, Tim, Tim, uh, whatever his name, Tim Ross calling Jesus a stripper. Like, I ain't, <laughs> I'm saying he's a, you know, God is a coach. That ain't the same. Y'all don't bring me no heat like that, right? If, if, if me calling, if me saying that, that God, it's <laughs> funny to me, if, if that God is Jesus' coach, if that's blasphemy to you, then I, I apologize in advance. I'm not trying to desecrate the word. But the point is, you need somebody in your life that's going to guide you into truth. Hope this was helpful for you. And I will talk to you guys next time. Y'all make sure y'all stay blessed.